afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It was a limit-up type of day going on in the grain markets. Unfortunately, we know on the flip side of that, we've seen a lot of negativity happening on the livestock complex. So frustration for the livestock guys who are having to make those grain purchases. But it's been a while since we've seen a trend like this for the grain guys to continue within the marketplace. Add to it, as we know, there's a lot of pressure coming out of what's happening with South America, not only on the second crop corn, but what's happening with the soybeans as well. So who not to ask all these questions of, but Don Rose. Don is with U.S. Commodities out of Des Moines, Iowa. So we'll start out, before we even get to South America, this grain trade has been on fire with some limit-up trade that we see on a Thursday. Yeah, you know, good uh, good afternoon. I think when you look at it, Susan, it's a market that is uh, building momentum, and it's kind of reaching some of these uh, pressure points, if you will, and by that, I mean uh, the corn market um, uh, options expire tomorrow on May. And half of the people are short May call options, half are long. And so the uh, shorts uh, call options, if you will, are under the gun. And so I think that's the dominant issue. That's the thing that's occurred that's different than it was uh, the middle of the week or to start the week. And so the higher we go, the more concern. So consequently, limit up on the uh, corn. Um, since two out of the three months are limit up, will be expanded limits tomorrow on the corn, uh, so uh, 40 cents. So I think um, the basis levels also are on fire. Um, you know, you've got 25 to 50 cents over across the Midwest in the areas on corn and uh, 75 to uh, a buck over in places in beans. So it's the options uh, tomorrow. Then next week, about the same time, we're up against deliveries. Who wants to take delivery? Well, the deliverable spot is turning out to be the cheaper uh, grain, and so that's a press on the upside. And meantime, you know, we continue to add risk premium to the market. The end users trying to secure supplies. It's bottom line. It's a demand-led bull market uh, until the end user secures the supplies or until we ration. And uh, that those signs are elusive yet, uh, uh, Susan. Can we say that the soybeans were really the ones that pulled the corn and the wheat along today? You know, I think the bottom line, the thing, uh, actually, I think when you look at it, uh, corn went limit up 25 cents. Wheat goes limit up 40 cents. The soybean uh, limit was 70 cents. We couldn't even get close to that. So I think when you look at it, for whatever reasons, uh, the dirty laundry comes out on days like to this, and soybeans are the follower. Okay. Uh, we thought it was the wheat. Uh, so I think it's uh, that's the way we look at it right now. And uh, like we're telling people, um, we've heard of Bitcoin, but now we have Bitcoin going on. I love it. And I actually meant to say wheat was the leader on this, not the soybeans. Sorry, I'm looking at the markets and trying to say two words at the same time. As as we look at what's happening in, in South America, because as you and I talked before we did the Fontenelle Final Bell, there's a lot of pressure right now on those growers in in the country. Well, it is. I think when you look at South America, it does look like Brazil. Um, you know, they had off and on uh, troubles with their uh, crop on soybeans. But in the end, it looks like that crop is uh, huge, you know, record large. Um, so that's good news. That, uh, you know, maybe gives us a chance to get some uh, imports out of uh, Brazil as we get into the summer here into the U.S. We'll see. That's going to be dependent on the basis. Uh, the second corn crop, the winter corn crop, 
is, uh, you know, somewhere around 75% of the crop. So it's a big number. Um, also, Brazil exports just over 1.5 billion bushels of corn. Uh, a lot of that is the second corn crop that is exported. Um, and where they're sitting right now uh, is they should start uh, pollinating corn as we get close to the 1st of May. Um, so that puts it in perspective. And they've been in a six-week dry pattern, a dry drought pattern, actually uh, uh, a flash drought, if you will. And so they're going into pollination very, very dry. And it looks like of their crop that you could have upwards of 250, maybe 400 million bushels of the crop at risk, uh, which is huge. Uh, the problem is Brazil, that corn is basically exported. So who's going to pick up that export corn or get displaced? It's either going to have to come from wheat uh, displacement and feed or the U.S. picks up the uh, export pace on it. So that is the real choice. And so consequently, I think part of this rally, uh, I don't know what percentage of it, but uh, part of this rally was due to that just ever-drying lack of rain there. Now, the uh, looks like we're going to be dry the next 10 days, and it's in Paraná, uh, Mato Grosso, uh, Goiás, and southern Mato Grosso. Uh, so that's 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 kind of the area we're looking at. It looks like it stays dry until about May 7th. Um, and then the other issue is uh, they're in the monsoonal season now where you get a, a rain flow going through. But as you get into the uh, first week, second week of May, you go back into what they call the dry season where the chances of moisture uh, picking up goes down rather than up. So um, the good news is the temperatures have been more like the mid-80s to the low-90s. Um, so we're on the weather watch down there big time. Um, real quick before we head to commercial break, what is the quality that you're seeing out there in the field or what has been harvested as of this point? Well, you know, the first corn crop has uh, been harvested. You know, that was uh, good quality, but that goes to the domestic market, really, most of that. Um, the soybean quality, we've heard, you know, back and forth that, you know, it was poor quality. But remember, they get a premium of about 20 cents because of big quality on beans. But it looks like it was the early stuff due to dryness, and afterwards it looks like the crop. They did get some timely moisture, remember. Um, that's really why they had the big uh, bean crop. So uh, the quality on the middle and late stuff is just fine. All right. Well, stick around, folks. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Don Rose. He is with U.S. Commodities. Looking at the craziness that we have seen on, on these higher numbers, I wanted to ask your thoughts of, of everything that's been going on and ethanol and biodiesel. Obviously, it's Earth Day as well. So we're seeing kind of some spotlights being put on these, these industries with climate change discussions continuing to take place in D.C. How much pressure are we going to see put on these ethanol industries and, and biodiesel industries to be able to produce and, and keep up with, with all the demands of what everybody wants to be in a perfect world? Well, you know, and I think, uh, you know, uh, the, the good news is the ethanol uh, demand is strong right now. Uh, the ethanol plants are in, in the green, and, uh, you know, that's, uh, it's a good thing for the ethanol industry, but 
when you look at it from a corn usage, we probably need to figure out how to ration someplace. So it looks like, you know, with cash uh, ethanol over 220 a gallon, um, you know, some of the highest prices we've seen since, what, 2015. So, um, you know, the pressure, where is it coming from? I think when you look at it, I know we're pushing more in that direction. Of course, gasoline consumption uh, over the pole, if you look at the climate change and the things the administration uh, has in front of us, is supposed to go down. And by the way, uh, Brazil had a mandate to use uh, 13% uh, by, uh, biodiesel. Um, uh, so that one looks like that could go down 11% and maybe even to 8%. So over there, they're looking at maybe taking uh, the usage down in Brazil versus what they had. So does that eventually happen in the U.S.? We'll see. But for right now, it's uh, on target. It, of course, it's a mature industry as we look to electric cars and everything else. So uh, short term, it probably has some strength under it. Long term, you worry about the electric cars and the gas consumption going down. Before we head over to the livestock, I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about we saw some frozen wheat, uh, ice crystals in stems of wheat in, in eastern parts of Kansas. We know that this cold snap is going to have an effect on the winter wheat crop. Any market flutters in that regard, even though we saw some crazy limit-up trades today? Well, you know, I think the wheat was really kind of following corn, and then it just got caught up into contract highs. But, uh, you know, it's too early on the wheat. You know, we really have to get into May before we know a couple of good things on the wheat. Remember, we did have some snow cover uh, hit as those cold temperatures hit. So, um, you know, for a lot of areas, it did get that blanketed. Uh, I know that as we get into North Texas, they were uh, heading, and so maybe a little bit different there. So, you know, there's going to be some issues, but we're going to really have to wait and see until we get into May. All right, over to the livestock side. we got to talk about this elephant in the room. What a struggle for these livestock producers right now. They've had some good streaks but, man, the, these latest grains have really cut, cut into their pocketbooks. Well, you know, and I think it's all a part of what we have to do in the grain market to try and ration uh, some of these supplies. And by that, I mean um, that's part of what's going on, I think, in the cattle is guys uh, are going to move cattle at lighter weights quicker. You're just not going to uh, feed any inefficiencies at all. Uh, consequently, the uh, cash market uh, under pressure. Uh, this week looks like the trade is going to settle out 119 to 120 in the southern plains 122 124 in the corn belt 192 195 dressed so basically uh, roughly down a dollar from last week meantime uh, the choice beef continues to push higher uh, second highest that we've ever had in history uh, other than last year we went to 475 you know on some strange things with uh, COVID but uh, Packer making over $600 ahead so um, you know, you'd think you'd like to get some uh, sharing out here, but I think uh, it just tells us why it's so important when you're up to some uh, levels of risk management is a key, and that's the same thing. I mean, over in the grains, uh, every it's all enthusiastic now, but, you know, you got to be careful because it can change, and that's the same thing we had in the cattle. What, no more than three weeks ago, we had a lot of enthusiasm, and that's just... Uh, like cotton candy kind of disappeared but uh, hopefully we're getting close to some kind of a uh, intermediate support just because we're oversold uh, today what about for the hogs what are you seeing there in their complex? well the hog market is yeah the hog market is kind of like a mini cattle market uh seasonally though uh cattle usually top out now and drop into the summer hog market is just the opposite seasonally we usually go up into the summer 
Um, and it looks like that's that's what we're on pace to do. Uh, we're still suffering from uh, the lower numbers, disease problems. Um, you know, building has basically come to a halt with the, expe- uh, the extra expense to lumber and this and that. So the hog market, it feels like um, it's it's one that we're watching China very close. They're talking in terms of that they're expanding their herd. The only proof that you really have is that their feed usage for hogs, according to the ag minister in their latest report, is up 74% over a year ago. So what is the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Yeah, you bet. They can reach us here at U.S. Commodities at 1-800-247-4071. All right. Thanks so much. Just a reminder, folks, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell will be brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.